Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the legacy of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You'll get to know the faithful women who shaped our past and hear from inspiring women of faith today. I'm Shailen Back. And I'm Carly Guyman. We are your co-hosts. And today we're excited to welcome Anish Davila to the studio as our guest. Anish, welcome. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) We're so excited to have you. While on the podcast, we most often talk with senior church leaders or women with, you know, maybe decades of church service and experience, we've been asked by listeners to share more young adult perspectives. So we're excited to do that today with our guest, Anish. As a brief introduction, Anish was born and raised a member of the church in Cancun, Mexico, and today she lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. She's a recent graduate of Ensign College, where she studied social media marketing. Anish works as a digital marketer at Boncom, which is an advertising agency that supports the church's missionary department. So she gets to work on some really fun projects with them. Anish also serves as the Relief Society president in a Spanish-speaking young single adult ward mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City. You bring so many great perspectives, and <laughs> we're excited to also talk with you about your experience serving a mission, returning home from a mission, working through personal challenges and issues of faith, and what it's like to participate in the church today as a young adult. So, Anish, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. <laughs> to jump into the questions— You served as a full-time missionary for the church in Puebla, Mexico, Mm -hmm. and you returned home in 2016. We often talk about the mission experience, but we'd love to talk to you about your experiences since returning home from a mission. You shared with us the commitment you made to yourself at the end of your mission that serving a mission would not be the culminating spiritual experience of your life, which I love. I think that's so neat. (laughs) So wise for a missionary to make that commitment. You told us missions can mean many different things for people, but I don't believe God intends them to be the only time in our lives where He can show His power with magnificence. That is simply under our privilege as children of God. So real life, as many of us know, is very different from missionary life. And we would love to know, Anish, how have you continued to seek God and see and feel His power in your life since returning home, despite no longer being able to study or preach the gospel full-time? So it's been six years since I came back from my mission. And yeah, that was a commitment that I made at the end of my mission. I remember growing up, just hearing different things and listening to people who had served missions and just in my perspective, I just felt that they were dwelling too much on or relying too much on past experiences. And I am naturally analytical and inquisitive. And I was just like, okay, but what happens of like today? What what about today? And I made the commitment that I would testify of the gospel in present time. I felt that I didn't want to rely only on the beautiful experiences of my mission. I really wanted to feel the fire of the gospel let the gospel shape the new versions of me, right? I wanted to grow with it. I just wanted to understand it more profoundly. I guess I told to myself, my mission has been a beautiful experience, but I do feel something within me, the Spirit tells me, that I can continue to know God more profoundly even after I've stopped serving as a missionary. I don't think missions are intended to be the only spiritual experiences in our lives or the most profound or uplifting spiritual experience in our lives, they're great and they serve for a purpose. And of course, they mean many different things for everyone. 
But I feel that even after we come back, we can still access the power of God. We can still get to know Him better and differently. And of course, coming back has been difficult. Getting to know God in a different way has brought its own challenges. Seeking God has been complex in many times. But then I think that something that has really helped me keep that fire, in a way, burning, has been accepting who I am in present time. Not who I was, not what I lived. Of course, I can look back at it and draw power or strength from it. But then is that like an actual representation of my reality? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the question that I usually ask myself. Who am I in present time? For example, there are certain commandments in my life that I can't say that I obey just like out of like pure love for God. But that's okay. Part of it is love and part of it isn't. And when I come to accept that, yes, this is true, but then this is also true and both are within me, then I can work with Heavenly Father to magnify what I do have and then start feeling the spaces that are empty. But that comes when we accept the truth of ourselves. Yeah, I really appreciate I think so you talked about this very wise recognition that you had, maybe in observing other people and also looking within yourself that, mm -hmm. okay, this can't be it for me. If you were to give advice to someone who just came home, who is like, how do I seek God when I can't study the scriptures for hours and hours every day? How do I seek God if my whole life can't be full-time service? I think that it's been a process of discovering and redefining myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we look back at ourselves for like who we were and who we're supposed to be. But it's like, who are you right now? Who am I in present time? How am I seeking God? How is my spirit asking me to find God? I feel that in my life, there have been times where I have tried to define God for who I think He is. But several times, I have felt the voice of God telling me, no, let me show you who I am. Don't try to define me. Let me show you who I am. Mm -hmm. Let me show you how big, how vast I am. And that means that I have come to know different sights of God, different sights of Heavenly Father. Sometimes they don't make sense. Sometimes it's like, but Heavenly Father, how is it that you are not upset at me for not studying my scriptures every day? How is it? And it's like, hold on, breathe. Let me show you who I truly am. That has been something that I really worked hard to accept from God, mm -hmm. to listen to His voice and accept that He is trying to teach me in a different way. This makes me feel so grateful because sometimes I, <laughs> I really want to stay in that box. And Heavenly Father is like, no, you don't understand. You don't even understand yourself. Let me teach <laughs> you. Let me show you who you truly are. Let me show you and let me guide you. For me, it has been so healing to feel that. That's pretty remarkable that you've been able to reach that understanding. Mm -hmm. And it just sounds like you've described so well. Growth can be uncomfortable and painful, but it is what God wants for us. And we will grow and change and evolve, and we don't need to feel bad about that. That's what he wants. And also what I'm thinking is just as we have different life experiences, our relationships around us change, and I feel like 
that's maintenance that we need to do with Heavenly Father and Jesus yeah. Christ too on those relationships. Because I served a mission, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that we are closer to Heavenly Father because yeah. at every transition of my life, I've had to readjust and it just becomes a different a and connect mm-hmm. differently and it just becomes yeah. a kind of a new relationship. And so I like what you're saying when we have these different versions of ourselves, mm-hmm. we just need to strengthen our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in relation to this discussion of returning home from a mission, young women and men can have many different emotions and experiences as they return home from missions. And I think many of us expect, even if we went on a mission and came home and it wasn't very easy or happy. We even now look and expect other people like, oh, this is such a happy, exciting time for you to be returning home. But it can be really challenging. And you have discussed and shared with us too before the interview that returning home from your mission, you struggled with doubts and questions of faith. You also battled perfectionism and anxiety and pressure to be and do certain things. So again, Speaking to your experience and thinking of people who might be listening, how did you navigate these challenges and how you navigated those things? So, yeah, when I came back from my mission, I remember I had this big faith crisis. It was a really difficult time of my life because I wasn't sure of many things. I was born and raised in the church, but it was really hard for me to obtain a testimony and feel sure about certain things. And it was really hard. So I came back and I thought in my mind, you are a return missionary. You shouldn't be doubting all of these things. But then the truth was that I was, and it was so hard because I felt completely alone. I was feeling abandoned. I was feeling like, God, where are you? I don't know how to find you. I don't even know if I ever found you. In a way, I wasn't feeling satisfied. I was doubting. My doubts were like super real. And I was just like struggling emotionally, mentally, physically, and different aspects of my life. I remember that that was like a really dark time in my life. I was also struggling with depression. I was just feeling super lonely. And I remember there was this one day where I sat down with myself and I just told myself, like, any, sh- okay, let's have this conversation. Let's <laughs> not avoid it anymore. And let's be objective. Let's put aside everything. Let's put aside your biases, your preconceived opinions, your everything. Let's be objective. And let's give this one last shot, right? Like, mm-hmm. last opportunity. If you get an answer, then we will keep fighting and we will keep on this path. But if you don't, then... Anish, you are free to really go and seek different things. Mm. I remember because I was doing everything that we're supposed to. I was praying. I was just like reading my scriptures and I wasn't feeling anything. I was like, like how, right? So I was like, Anish, if you, if all of this is true and God actually does exist and if you were to stand before his presence, could you say that you tried everything and... It was a hard, you know, realization, but I was like, no, I can't say that. Hmm. And I know that I will not be satisfied until I can really say I tried everything. So I was like, okay, so what are we going to do? And I remember I had this mission companion. She used to have like a hard time with fasting and fasting wasn't really difficult for me, but she taught me so much because she overcame that weakness. And there was this time in my mission when she told me, like, I'm fasting every week. And I remember that in that moment that came to my mind. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast every week. 
until I feel something, until I feel that I have a sense of direction. So I remember that I sat down and I made a list of all of the things that I needed from God, that I wanted from God. And I remember that all of my life, I looked for a miracle, I looked for something miraculous. And I remember questioning myself, like, what do you want from God, Anish? And I told God, Heavenly Father, I want to see a miracle, but I don't want to see a mountain move. I don't want to see a host of angels because that is not what I need. I want to be the miracle. I want to see the miracle of myself, of me. I want to become that miracle because I'm struggling, I'm suffering, and I don't know how to change. And it would really be a miracle for me to change because you know how hard it is mm -hmm. because I feel weak. I said that to Heavenly Father, and I started doing that, fasting every week. And light came and truth came. And Heavenly Father started sending healing and people and just the things that I needed to overcome myself. I also did my part. I went to therapy. I You made some effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But then at the, the same time, I was doing it for myself. And that's something that I truly think I wasn't doing it for Heavenly Father. I wasn't doing it to satisfy Him. I was doing it for me. Because if I don't do this, and if I leave this mm -hmm. path, I won't feel satisfied. And I don't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that I tried. So I was doing it for myself. Well, things just started to be different. And there are things that I feel that cannot be explained. There were changes. That was the true miracle. And that's the grace of Jesus Christ. It's the power that comes from it. But I started changing. And God started presenting himself and showing me who he really was. Not who I thought he was, but who he was for me. And it's so interesting because his parenting, because I really feel him as my heavenly father, is so personalized. It really is what I need. Mm-hmm. So what would I say to people coming back? I would say that it's completely normal to have questions. It's completely normal to feel depressed. It's completely normal to want to do different things. It's part of growing. It's part of spiritual maturity. It's part of mental maturity. It's okay. To want to reevaluate your life. Yeah. Well, and at the beginning you mentioned these paths And I think that when you have a better understanding of who you are in your relationship with the Heavenly Father, those decisions aren't quite so overwhelming. They're still there, but you just feel like He's going to guide you. Yeah. And that when you make those decisions, that you feel comfortable going forward with them. And we would love to talk about this too. After your mission, you made the decision to then move to the United States and attend Enzyme College. So after you graduated, you now serve as the Relief Society president in your young single adult ward in Salt Lake City. And you told us previously that when you were called, you had two very strong impressions. First, the importance of councils. And second, the need as a presidency and Relief Society to face the difficult stuff. Not avoid it or pretend it isn't there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Anish, we would love for you to just share more with us about these two items of personal revelation you received as a leader and how you incorporated these principles into your service. Before I got called as a Relief Society president, I was just feeling so grateful to God for all of the amazing things that he was, you know, showing me and just, I don't know, for, for his love, for being so accepting of who I was and <laughs> I don't know. And I remember that I just had this feeling of I would love every single person and 
especially my sisters, women, to experience yeah. what I have experienced. And then I got called to serve as a relocated person. I was just like really excited. And I remember an experience that I had just listening to the hymn, I am child of God. And I think that this was years ago. That's a time where I understood what that hymn was saying. And, you know, the part where it says, lead me, guide me, walk beside me, right? Mm -hmm. I truly believe that we are children of God and we deserve that respect. We are noble. So that was something that was on my mind. These, you know, my sisters, they deserve this respect. They deserve to feel empowered and feel that they are the main character, the protagonist in their lives. And I know that we are all important and equal before God. And the first council that we had was as a Relief Society presidency. And our secretary, she was a recent convert of the year. And I wanted her to feel that her voice was as important and valuable as mine. Mm -hmm. Her voice was as important. And I guess that's something that I have thought as I have served in the Relief Society. The voice of every sister can bring so much to the table that I simply can't because I don't have certain skills, life experiences, knowledge that other sisters have. And you're not supposed to. We're supposed yeah. to work together. That's why we have different experiences mm -hmm. and different personalities. So, yeah. So I was just like, I need your voices. I need your thoughts and opinions, right? And all of these people have voices. And if we are to become a relief society, then we have to listen to all of these voices individually. We have to decide together because this concerns all of us. So it's just like, why would I decide over you? Mm -hmm. No, you tell me how to help you. You tell me what you need. And I will try to make available these resources for you, to you. But you tell me where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And I will try to lead you to the one who leads. I will not lead you mm -hmm. because I can't, because I'm flawed, because I, I don't you're a know. Human. Because yeah. I'm trying to figure that out myself, yeah. right? I'm like, I don't even know sometimes. But I will take you or I will try to, I will invite you to go to the one who leads. Mm -hmm. But I need you to tell me what you need. So you tell me how much you want me to be part of your life and your journey. Well, and it sounds like what I really like is not only this idea of counseling as a presidency, but also as a group of sisters, that yeah. there are opportunities to invite and encourage those voices, especially if women feel like, well, my voice or experience isn't the right one or it's different from others. And you're saying, no, we are all of those parts make up the whole. And yeah. I think that's valuable. And I think, too, you shared with us that you kind of said to your counselors, y you guys need to speak. You have to speak up. You have to yeah. share what's on your mind. I can't be the authority on everything. We're not yeah. going to always go with what I say. And I think that was so wise of you. So I'm going to introduce you into the next item that you said was important to you was facing those things that were challenging. And maybe you can talk with us about the survey that you created. Yeah. Again, inviting these voices of all the sisters to understand them. When we got called, I was like, well, if we want to become a Relief Society, we want to be together, we want to be friends, then we need to understand where we're at. We need to know who we are, where we're headed. 
And that meant getting information from the sisters. What are your thoughts? So we created two forms. One of them was to help us get to know the sisters better. So what are your interests? What are your hobbies? What are the things that you truly like? What are the things that you admire of yourself? What are the things that you... I don't know, like who you are. You're just getting right? to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one was anonymous. And it, and we asked the sisters, how do you feel that you're doing in these areas of your lives? And that gave us so much information. That gave us a purpose and direction as the Relief Society presidency. So the, the second form that was anonymous asked of their lives in four different areas, social, spiritual, temporal, and emotional. So I think the one that we found out from the questionnaires that needed the most attention was social. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we tend to think it's like spiritual. And of course, everything's spiritual, right? But <laughs> social, they were seeking connections. Connection. So we were like, okay, let's make activities. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you, like, this will be the activity. Give me your ideas. Yeah. You tell me what you want to do. And you did that by, exactly. you know, inviting their yeah, suggestions exactly. for what they like to do. And that was so relieving for us as a presidency because that also gave us a way to feel successful, to feel mm-hmm. that we were doing good, which is important. So we did that. And we have tried to constantly have councils with the sisters Okay, so give us your feedback. What other topics do you feel that we should be talking about? So we have talked about things like priesthood, like mental health. We also talk about sexuality, which, you know, is relevant to young adults. We were like, let's not run away from it. Like Like this is on your mind and you have questions about it. Yeah, exactly. Let's just face it. This is what the questions that we have about all of these topics. Let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. Let's not run away from them. So we've been trying to do that. And we have really put in effort to be able to do that. So that has been something that has helped the sisters come closer to Heavenly Father. It makes me think of the counsel we received from President Nelson that information precedes revelation mm-hmm. and yeah. inspiration. And yeah, how could we possibly be expected to know what I don't know, hundreds, how many sisters are in your ward, you know, like something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, almost 100 sisters, what they need and what they struggle with and that that can guide your leadership. Yeah. I think that's such a great idea about the survey and it gave you such valuable information about what the sisters actually needed. And I'm just thinking about my experience in Relief Society. And I think I had these ideas that it was just older women that had families. Like that was Relief Society to me growing up. And when that wasn't me, I kind of felt maybe that I didn't belong. I was like, maybe I'll belong someday. And I just feel like your leadership is so fresh. And I just think that's such an amazing concept. So what do you think Relief Society offers to these young adult women? And then what can these young adult women bring to Relief Society? Yeah, I think Relief Society really offers a way to explore and reach her full potential. I have thought about this because growing up, when I passed Relief Society, I didn't feel part of it. I was 18 years old, and with all of these married women, I was like, I don't belong here. I don't mm-hmm. even want to talk about these things, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so there's this part of in the Relief Society handbook where it talks about the purpose of the organization of the Relief Society. It also quotes the scripture when Heavenly Father told Emma Smith, you are called to exhort the church and expand the scriptures. That has given me so much power as a woman Mm -hmm. because I have come to realize and see 
that God truly needs our voices. I think that young adult women can bring a sense of reality to Relief Society. I really feel that we can bring light. You know, women have been taught that they're just meant to be married, that they're meant to just be mothers. And I have met so many older women who feel so frustrated because they didn't, and I'm going to cry because I, because I've seen my mom like that, so frustrated because she felt that she had to fit a certain mold. When Heavenly Father is like, there are so many things that you can be. There's so many things that you can reach. And I feel that young women bring that feeling of empowerment. That it doesn't matter if you're married and you if you feel frustrated, you can still reach your potential. You can still feel complete and successful as a woman. And I, I think of my mom, right? I'm like, mom, you can still feel that you are valuable and that you are powerful. Mm-hmm. And you can start to have a voice. And I feel that that's what us as young women have. Because of the world that we grew up in, you know, different times, let's be honest about that. I feel that we're in a way, I don't know, we are more... I think we believe it a little bit yeah, more. We're, and yeah. our expectations are a little different. Yeah, you know, so I have found that voice within me and Heavenly Father has some helped me find it. That I'm like, I want... Every single woman, doesn't matter the age or stage of life they're at, to feel that they do have a voice, that they can lead, that they are powerful, that they were sent to this earth because they are magnificent, because they truly have all of this set of skills and values that bring so much to the table that can make the kingdom of God grow. And that's what Heavenly Father wants of us. He's like... Be leaders, have a voice, speak, say what you think, because you are all my children, men and women, and you are all of equal importance to me. So I feel that young adult women can empower older women. Young adult women can bring so much strength to start actively working on the gathering of Israel, on preparing the earth for the second coming of the Lord. I feel that's something that we can do. Thank you so much. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me think of all of the women that I've met. You know, and it's kind of different here in the U.S. because I feel that women, because of the culture, have had, like, more access to education. Mm -hmm. But then it makes me think of all of these women from my home ward in Mexico that never finished school, that feel that they feel so frustrated, that they feel that they don't have a voice, that they feel that they don't know, that they feel so— Kind of inferior. A yeah, bit. inferior. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of them. Makes me think of you are as important mm-hmm. as any other. You have a voice. You have, I don't know, yeah. just amazing things. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love about what you've shared, Anish, is that, like you said, as an eighteen-year-old, you peeked into Relief Side and you're like, I don't really belong in there, mm-hmm. you know, or like I don't really see myself there. But I think what made a difference for you is you developed a personal relationship with God. You yeah. went to the source to understand how he felt about you. And 
how he feels about Relief Society Mm -hmm. and the women who participate in Relief Society and, like you said, what he's taught about what we should be doing in Relief Society. And then you have infused that with who you are and what you understand, and you've created a place where you belong perfectly, (laughs) a place where anybody can bring their experience or their testimony and feel like they belong. And we've been thinking about this question. We've even asked a previous guest this question because I think we just really want women to know that the Relief Society is the Lord's organization for women and we belong there. Yeah, I truly believe that, really. And I feel that we were preserved (laughs) and reserved for these latter days. I've seen so many amazing skills and perspectives and so much like strength that I'm like, oh my goodness, Heavenly Father loves that. Heavenly Father loves that you have an opinion. Heavenly Father loves that you really seek to understand the scriptures, that you're like, no, let me know. Let me find out. Let me understand. Heavenly Father loves that. Heavenly Father loves that all of his daughters have a voice. Anish, thank you so much for coming today. I think your insights are really important, especially because you've been so open in sharing the personal revelation that you've received kind of as you've gone throughout your life and had different experiences serving and making decisions. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, and we know this will be really valuable. We have. We've been asked by listeners to share various young adult perspectives. So we're happy to hear your experience, hear your thoughts, like you said, um, Shaylin, as a return missionary, yes, as, as a, a return missionary, as a leader. We love it. mm-hmm. It's awesome. So thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. And as a reminder, we have new episodes released every week. We hope you'll continue to tune in and share the episodes with your friends and family members. We've been so grateful to hear from so many listeners via email and on Apple podcast reviews. It makes our day. So we hope you'll continue to share your thoughts and your feedback there. We love hearing from you. You can contact us as well at podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org with any suggestions for topics or guests. We also want to make sure that you're aware that the podcast is available just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it's also on the church's website and available on the Gospel Library app. So keep this in mind as you tune in, subscribe, and continue to share these voices with your friends and family. We'd love to thank our wonderful editor, Kurt Dahl, and our producer, Matthew Mangum, and the many others who support this podcast. Until next week, I'm Shailen Back. And I'm Carly Guyman. Thanks for listening. Thank you.